Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. I'm so glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of ripoffs, coming up in 20 minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, having home phone service now comes with a special, special risk you've got to be aware of. And a half hour from now, your TV just got a whole lot smarter. Just wait till you hear what your TV can now do. Clark.com is our website. ClarkDeals.com is where you find all the greatest bargains. Speaking of bargains, if you love a steak, if you love a hamburger sizzling on the grill, this year's cookout season is going to smile on your wallet. After several years of the price of beef going sky high, this year we got bargains coming The price of meat because of an oversupply of cows is down, down, down. And supermarkets, once again, are in a position to offer sales on beef, where in prior years the sales have been few and far between and pretty pitiful. Now we're back to real bargains. So vegetarians, I'm sorry, there's nothing in this for you. But if you were a beefetarian like I am, This is a great opportunity for you to save. One thing I've noticed is I haven't seen restaurants putting meat on sale. But what I have seen is more choices on the value meals at the fast food restaurants, where a lot of beef items had been pushed off the value meals menus or had been pushed up in price. They're now back. And that's a direct result of the fact that the cost of beef is coming down. And, you know, we as consumers are so much smarter than we give ourselves credit for and how we handle the rise and fall of produce, you know, fruits and vegetables, how we handle the cost of things in the meat aisle. When one gets expensive, we rotate and buy something else. And this is the case where the rotation favors you if you love a good steak, a good piece of, uh, well, for me, it's filet. That's the one that I really love. Again, my apologies to vegetarians and vegans. Terry's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Terry. Hi, Clark. Terry, you get to go to Italy. Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're going on a uh, Mediterranean cruise in October, and we're flying into Rome the day before the cruise begins. And I've been looking at the um, various websites for hotels, and oh my gosh, there seems to be hundreds and hundreds of them available over there. Isn't and, it amazing? Uh, just, I mean, and they're all different sizes, uh, all different you, yes. types, and What I have been doing in recent years in Italy, also elsewhere in Europe, is overwhelmingly I've been staying in hotels 
that I booked through Priceline. And so it is something you have to be willing to trust. And when are you going to Rome? In October, early October. Okay, I'm just going to pull up a random date in October for a night. We will be there the 10th of October. Oh, okay, then I'll put in a specific date. You're going to really put me to work, huh? (laughs) So I'm just putting in the Priceline thing. And then what I do, and this is how I would have you look yourself, is when you are on Priceline, first it'll show you hotels. And then there will be a button to the right that says Express Deals, which will be where they don't tell you the name of the hotel, but they tell you the star level. And in Europe, um, I know I'm going to sound like a snob, but I only like to look at hotels that are four and five stars. Right. And so I'm looking right now to see what kind of rates they're showing. And here's a five-star by the Coliseum for $186. Here's a four-star for $99. Here's another four-star for $68. Another one for $83. Um, I mean, they're... I don't know what kind of prices you've been seeing looking on your own, but uh, here's another one at $66, another one at $89. I mean, these are very, very low-cost rooms for four- and five-star hotels. Yeah, the low price just kind of raises the flag for me. Okay, so if uh, if you... Let me tell you how it works with Priceline. If... They've had a number of people stay at them. They'll have a rating number in addition to a star level. And if the Mm -hmm. rating number is 8 plus or 9 plus, I will tell you, based on my experience, I have never gotten a bad hotel. Okay. Uh, 7 plus can be iffy, which you think 7. Well, 7 out of 10, that should be great, right? (laughs) But my, my opinion has been... Do four or five stars, eight plus or nine plus. Okay. I have one other quick question. Sure. Where is it best to convert your dollars to uh, euros? Is it best to do it here in the U.S.? Never in the U.S. Never in the U.S. Do you have an ATM card yet? Yes. Oh, oh, sure I do. Yeah. And is it issued by a big bank, small bank, or credit union? Huge bank. Okay. So contact your huge bank and see if... In Italy, they have any deals with banks where you're able to withdraw from ATMs for free. Usually the big banks will have reciprocal arrangements. And if you go to the specific brand of bank that they have their deal with, you won't pay any fee for using the ATM. And then you get money at the official banker's buying rate, which is fantastic. Have a great trip. Don't be so scared of that Priceline stuff. Go read my Priceline briefing at Clark.com. And Terry, have a great time. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Mark, you are the kind of person that makes your fellow listener jealous. How can you make your fellow listener jealous, Mark? Well, um, I have uh, some additional income coming in. It's a, it's a good problem to have. And you already are a max saver, aren't you? I try. 
So what are you doing right now to save? I'm really not. I'm I'm putting all my money towards uh, debt, trying to get out of debt. And, oh, are you? Uh, it's sort of, it's, what's that? Oh, I didn't realize that. I, I thought you were just rolling in money. So you do have debts. <laughs> I I mean I have a I have a mortgage and a uh and a car loan. Okay. But uh yeah, I'm I'm trying to save for retirement. Uh every time someone calls your show with extra money, your advice is always max out your four one K, open up a Roth IRA, max it out. And really my question is, what's next? Do I work towards paying off debt? Do I refinance my house? Do I move into investments? I, I really just want the... I well, you know, are you are you right now maxing out your 401k or Roth? I'm maxing out both of them. So you are somebody who makes people green with envy, just like I thought. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, no, you're doing great. So doing that means you're saving an enormous percent of your income. Yes. And you should be really proud of that. Having a mortgage is something that most people have who have a home. What kind of interest rate do you have on the mortgage? It's at 4.5 for a 30-year fixed. So as somebody who loves to save, I would tell you there might be a real advantage for you refining that into a 15-year loan where you would probably be able to drop that rate about a point. I was just looking at that online. Is that about where you'd be, about mid-three? It, yeah. It, it Actually, it'd be, um, the one I saw was 3.1. 3. So if you're able to do that, um, then that would be the next smart move to make. The car loan you talked about, I don't fret about that. Car loans pay off in months, and uh, so that's not a big deal you know, because of the other things you're doing. So I would say the mortgage is the next best move because you're going to step up what you have to pay every month now if you go to a 15-year and transition out of a 30. And for you, that would be a great way for you to build additional wealth because you'd lower the effective interest rate by a whole point or more, Mm -hmm. and you'd get out of debt in half the time. Okay. So that would be the smart move. That's what I thought you'd say, but right now I'm actually putting a bunch of money to my my other car. And I know you're going to be against that, but that's what I'm doing at the moment. But I can change that. I would change that. I had a feeling you'd say that. Yeah, let that car loan pay out and get that mortgage refied. And, and the only reason I would say that you wouldn't do that is if you weren't planning to stay in the house. Right. You are planning to stay in it? Um. I'm okay with staying in it. I, I mean, I do want to. I want to retire early, and every every article I've read on your site with people who retired early have always stayed at their starter home. So, yeah, that is true. You keep that housing cost down. That is the key thing. Other than the other stuff you're doing, staying in affordable housing and saving as much as you can. That's the key ticket. And so getting into that shorter mortgage, that would be part of the whole picture of you making all that come together for you, Mark. And good for you to have, you're creating those options, you're making it happen. Michelle is with us. Michelle, I love your question because it means you have life insurance. Is that right? That's right. I've talked about how few people carry life insurance 
who have people that depend on them for income. And so I'm glad you have it. Is there something I can answer for you about the life insurance you have? Yeah, the question I had is I'm kind of doing some spring cleaning, and um, I know you have to keep a paper trail on some items. As far as life insurance, I guess it's term life, do you need to keep track of you know, a history of what you've paid over the years, or is the last couple statements good enough? Last statement is fine. Just uh, okay. So do you get four statements a year? Yes. Yeah, so if you keep your quarterly statement, you know, the best thing is keep your end-of-year statement and the current quarterly statement, and that's plenty. And okay. so the prior stuff, you can ditch. And with term life insurance, it's such a great product. Did you buy 30-year level term, or what? how long did you buy it for? You know, I don't remember. It probably was. We switched companies. So that's where I, I forgot where we're at right now. Okay. You know, that is one of the things that's funny how the years get away from us and we don't remember mm-hmm. what exactly yeah, we have. Well. But um, Level Term is such a wonderful product, is a great peace of mind thing. It's cheap too, isn't it? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, good. Uh, you know, as you're getting older, it goes, yes. <laughs> well, if it's Level Term, you know, it stays the same price for the period mm-hmm. of years you bought it for. Is yours going up each year? I think we had some changes in some health conditions, and when we switched companies, it did go up on, on my husband. Oh, okay. But is it staying the same each year for him going forward? Yes. Okay, so it is level term. Well, good. So as far as keeping the records, you're probably over-saving right now. As long as you got that annual in the most recent quarter, you're good. Today's Clark Rageous moment is a shocker, something that I never saw coming, but you have got to know this to protect yourself and your wallet. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. Wow. David Lazarus, the consumer writer at the Los Angeles Times, brought something out that I had no idea. Listen to this sleazy practice from several different local phone providers around the country. If your phone service gets hacked and criminals make thousands of international calls on your phone, you are stuck with the bill And I want to read something to you from the terms of service from one of the nation's largest cable operators, Charter, that you are responsible for any fraudulent or unauthorized use of the voice service that occurs through your account, regardless of who's responsible for such usage. So even if it's Charter's fault that your phone was hacked into, They hold you responsible for the charges. But wait, there's more. AT&T now has in its terms of service for having home phone service that if somehow the system is hacked into, that you're responsible for the fraudulent calls. And the smaller local monopoly phone company, Frontier, has a similar provision. Having a home phone has become more and more questionable. Having a home phone that you're paying a ridiculous amount of money per month for is 
a no-go. And then on top of ripping you off with massive fees to have a home phone to make you responsible for a hacker breaking in to your home phone, which most people don't even know hackers do, is absolutely Clark-rageous. What you should do if you still want a home phone is dump whoever you're with and get your phone service at your home from OOMA, O-O-M-A dot com. OOMA is a great deal for your service. And with OOMA's phone service, there is no way that I'm aware of that anything like this could happen where you would be billed fraudulently for international phone calls. The problem here is with the phone companies that are too lazy to put good security in place and then hold you responsible for it, that is absolutely scandalous. Thank you, David Lazarus. You know, if you're looking to buy paper towels or a can of beans, knowing what other people paid for them isn't really that important. Paper towels, it's beans. But for a big purchase, like a car, that kind of information isn't just helpful, it's essential. Well, with TrueCar, you can do just that. You see, TrueCar lets you see what other people in your area paid for the car that you're looking to buy, which will help you determine a fair price. And the best part? You can work directly with a TrueCar certified dealer to establish a fair price before you even show up on the lot. Yeah, that's right. TrueCar certified dealers have all the same information you do and are just there to help you get the car you want while offering you a faster, easier buying experience. Who doesn't want that? And knowing what others have paid has helped true car users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy that car, there's only one place to go. Visit TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. You can get it at TrueCar.com or the super easy to use TrueCar app. Some features not available in all states. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. When you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. You can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I love Roku. R-O-K-U. Roku is a device that you either buy separately or is now built in to many televisions you might buy. Roku is ingenious, and it allows you to use it as a central hub to know where every show might be available that you want to see, and you'll see a list of who's got it and whether it's free to you or you have to pay for it, and then the prices it is, different places and all that. It's phenomenal. Well, now Roku has come up with a new technology that is now available, if you accept it, on TVs that have Roku built in, and in the next few weeks will be available on Roku devices that you buy as an add-on to your television. If you buy a Roku to add on to your TV, they tend to cost $29 to $89, depending on what capabilities you want in that Roku device. As an example, one that might stream 4K, one that only streams HD, that kind of stuff. But listen to this. The Roku 
now has the ability, if you permit it, to know what you're watching at all times, whether it comes through the Roku or not. It could come from your satellite company, cable company, over-the-air broadcast, whatever. And then it will pop up, again, only if you want this, because I know this is a creep out to some people, it will pop up for you where else it's available. So let's say you hit an episode, channel surfing, midstream. And you'd like, it's funny, and you'd like to see it from the beginning, or it's a drama that's holding you, but you'd like to know what happened before you started watching it. Well, with the Roku popping up where it's available, it might show you, oh, you can see that on Amazon Prime, or you can see that on Hulu, or you can see it on, um, on Netflix. How did I forget Netflix? They're like the big dog in this business. Anyway, so you're able then to, once you've been introduced to something, to go see where you can watch it on your schedule. It's just brilliant. I know a lot of TVs come now built with the uh, Google Android-y thing in them, and some TVs come with their own form of smart TV stuff built in them. Nothing, nothing to date has anywhere near the capabilities and ease of use of Roku. It's what Apple TV would have been if Apple TV developed it right, like Apple does other products where they're just simple to use and just work, Roku out-appled Apple. Jude is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jude. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much, Clark, for taking my call. How can I be of service? Well, um, I really value your opinions, your guidance that you give and everything, um, And I'm looking at retirement, you know, in the next few years, and I'm 57 years old. I'm single, so there's no other income. I lived in Arizona for several years, and I purchased a house at the top dollar, and I sold it when, you know, the economy was really bad. And in order to sell my house, to move back to Georgia where my family is, I had to come to the table with $70,000. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but, you know, I, I just wanted to keep maintain my good credit. I've got a credit for close to 800 Well, you're and the only person in Arizona who did it that way. Everybody <laughs> else in Arizona, you know, just walked away. I know. I know so many doctor uh, friends that I had that actually uh, did the same thing. They said that they would never recover the money in their lifetime, so they made a, you know, a conscious decision to walk away and... And I thought, well, you know what, I've, I've got the money in the account. I may have to start at ground zero, which, which I am, in order to move back. So I went ahead and sold it. I had to come to the table, like I said, with 70000 I still had great credit. I bought another house, and I've got a mortgage of 190000 now. And I got a 30-year mortgage. And um, moving back, you know, of course, I spent about, Thirty to 40000 extra dollars on top of that to actually move back and to, you know, put the money on the house and everything. So it depleted my savings. So I'm starting at zero, basically. I have no bills. I have um, just my mortgage. And 
Like I said, I... You're going to have to save like a maniac. I know. I know. But so, I don't have an IRA. I don't have a Roth account. I don't have anything. I need to know where I need to start and do this ASAP. All right. Do you have a 401k where you work? I've only got $10,000 in it. But you, there is one? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you two not very easy choices. Okay. So at that 401k at work, are you putting in the max that's allowed? I can do that. You can? Yes. You need to do it. Okay. Okay. I mean, if you're 57, you had to deplete your savings, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to, other than the house, you're going to have to live a very, very austere life. Right. And save the absolute max you can in the retirement account. You know, you're allowed a bonus amount, too. What does it take you? Is 23000 a year you're allowed to put in there? You know what? I'm not really sure. I think um, that's so the because you're allowed what's known as catch-up. So you can pile money into the retirement plan at work. Okay. It, yeah, I don't know I'm that not- it'll leave you any money to live on, but if you, I'm giving you the starkest option. Okay. So if you if you just pile cash in there, and how many more years were you thinking of working? Well, you know, I can retire in five years, which I I would love to do, but it's just not, it, it doesn't look good, because I want to pay my mortgage off, too. Well, I, the so, mortgage, paying that off is a secondary priority. Okay. So I was wrong. You can do 24000 not 23 in the retirement plan at work. If you did that for the next eight years, let's say, instead of five, Think how much money suddenly you'd have plus its earnings. You would go from nothing to quarter million. Mm, okay. So it would require tough, tough, tough budgeting in your life. But if you okay. can handle it, you can get that done. It'll make things significantly easier for you. Okay. Now I make seventy thousand a year. Is there something else I can do to invest? I haven't checked with my work to make sure to see if I can do that, to actually do the catch-up and everything. But Yeah, well, you automatically can when you're age 50 or older. Oh. So you can do that. You can do a combination of money and the retirement plan at work and a Roth IRA, which you're allowed. You're also allowed catch-up on that. You're allowed to do 6500 in the Roth account. So there's a lot you can do if you just pour your heart and soul of your check into it, and I'm leaving you no money to live on, but as much as you can pour in now, you will rebuild. And uh, what an honorable thing you did not walking away, because that really is what everybody did in Arizona. Bill is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Bill, how are you? I'm fine, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You want to talk about the possibility that somebody's going to hack into your life and steal every last dollar you've worked hard to get? Well, in a way, um, you know, I'm not so much worried about ID protection because we have our, uh, have our um, accounts uh, frozen on our credit reports. But, uh, you know, like a lot of people, all of our retirement investments are in stocks and bonds or mutual funds. And nowadays, the record of all that is really just zeros and ones on some server somewhere. Exactly. Years ago, we used to get a, a real stock certificate uh, printed on special paper, and we had a copy. You could put it in a safe somewhere, 
and there was a record in some file cabinet of some company, I, I suppose. Now everything is just, you know, in the cloud. And uh, recent reports in the news have shown that uh, data destruction, actually destroying data, wiping hard drives clean, uh, has happened before. Notable cases in the news. And uh, it seems to me that could happen with some of the big financial uh, outfits that are holding our, our stuff. There's no question we should recognize the possibility that the dictator Putin or the communists of China will attempt to cause real havoc for us as a country by wiping, or they might do it in concert, and wipe out people's financial records and wipe out the data of big brokerage houses, which is where the real money is, and the mutual fund houses. People think that it's banks, but banks are insignificant in terms of overall national assets. And so the real target would be people like Fidelity Investments, Merrill Lynch, Charles Schwab, um, Vanguard. I mean, that's who the Russians and the Chinese might go after. Absolutely. What, what better way to create havoc in a country without actually, you know, going after power plants or, or defense things uh, just, to create, just to create havoc? Sure. So it's caused you to be unsettled. I have the best antidote I know for that. Great. What is it? That is, everybody in the financial industry is trying to get you to turn off paper statements. Yes. Don't do it. Okay. Get paper statements. Because if you file away your statements and you have them, in the event that serious forensic accounting had to take place at some point in the future, your records, your paper records, will become paramount. Now, on the issue of, you know, there's a world of worry, though. It could be, who knows who it could be. It could be some offshoot of Al-Qaeda, whatever. Right. But the ability of these houses after September 11th to be able to back up data and reconstruct is very, very improved. And the ability for any perpetrator to wipe everything clean, including backups, is near zero. Okay, that, that, that was a question in my mind. You know, I've, I've talked to some of these big guys that, that we have our retirement with, and you really can't get very far with them. You get a low-level person who basically says, don't worry, everything is fine. Well, that's, but, all, uh, they, that's all they'd say at a high level, too. Yeah, their uh, methods and so forth. But, yeah, so I would tell you, take the most basic precaution you can, which is having a good filing system for paper records, have that. And I do believe that even if the worst computer hacking imaginable occurred, we'd still have thorough and complete backups. We might lose a day of data or a week of data, but other than that, it is not going to be any kind of Tom Cruise kind of sensationalist movie end of the world as we know it kind of event. Rick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rick. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. I just have a a general question about car leasing, rental cars. My wife and I travel a lot, and uh, when we rent a car, we want to use my credit card because it has better um, coverage with respect to uh, automobiles and things of that nature. 
but she likes to drive, and they always want to charge us a fee for her um, driving on a daily basis. Is there a way around that, or do we just have to pay that fee? And uh... No, as a general rule now, Avis and Enterprise, at many of their locations, no longer charge an extra driver fee. Oh, great. And again, that's not everywhere. Yeah. But the other thing is that there are programs available with the major car rental companies. If you join their elite level programs, some of which Mm -hmm. are free, some of which you have to pay for, they often will come with an additional driver fee waived. And many times for a spouse, companies will waive the additional driver fee. Okay, great. Well, I'll I'll be sure to inquire then uh, when we uh, make that decision this summer. Well, And I'm pretty sure that the Hertz number one club, Mm -hmm. you can join that for free and a spouse can drive for free. Okay, great. So just check that out. And there's no reason for that fee. Do you know what expense there is for the car rental company having an additional person drive the car? I think a zero or less. You are right. It is zero. It's actually less, probably, because then you don't have to deal with the driver fatiguing and maybe having an accident behind the wheel that would not occur if drivers could switch off. Yeah, exactly. And you have a fresh driver behind the wheel. So it's just so much of more of what the travel industry is about, which is junk feeing everything. So do what you can to avoid that junk fee and... I bet you'll be able to. Joey joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Joey. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You want to talk about raising your credit score, is that yes. right? Yes, sir. What's your scoop? Um, the scoop is, is I'm re- trying to rebuild, and my scores are 600, and my father is willing to add me as an authorized user on his credit card that has a high limit of about 20000 with a balance of about three. So that's 15% utilization. That'll be great for you. Will I reap the benefits on my credit score? Usually, yes. It all depends on how the credit card issuer reports. But usually today, you being added as an authorized user will directly translate in about 60 days into better credit for you. So a 90-day thing on his card would, would be sufficient enough, you think? Just have them not give you any plastic when you're made an authorized user and right. leave you there for a while longer till you've been able to get the additional credit you want. But I want to talk about the 600 you have, because even if you're added as an authorized user, what stuff is sitting on your report, Joey, that you're at a 600? Two medical bills totaling $300 and three other things that are six years old that I don't know if I should take care of or not. Well, at seven, they'll go away. Okay. So you're close to those not being a factor at all. On the medical bills, if you pay those bills, they vanish from being any factor in your credit score. Wow. So at seven years, the six-year items are history, and the medical bills would immediately be suppressed as a factor in your score. Good, good deal. Thank you, Claude. So you, you're so close to being in a position of having great credit versus credit that is not where you need it to be. That's awesome. And I've got 36 months of, of paying on time um, since I have reestablished. So. That's excellent. And so when these five things are no longer a factor, your score will skyrocket 
and that'll be great for you moving forward. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. Clark.com slash ask is where you post a question for me. Coming up in a half hour... There's something we could do that just one simple change that would cost nothing would improve the quality of our schools and how our students do. Now remember, it's free. I'm going to fill you in on that in just 30 minutes. I'm going to talk right now about something that is a big issue here in the U.S., and by the way, it's also an issue in the entire developed world. Housing has become so much less affordable for a typical young person trying to buy his or her first house that they just can't get it done. And this is quite distressing to me because something that gives a sense of permanence, a sense of belonging to a community building a sense of community is wrapped up in home ownership. And we are coming up short with that. There's a movement underway that's called the pop-up house. And I don't know if you've heard about this, seen a TV story on it, read about it, but it is something that I'm quite hopeful about. The building industry tends to be quite traditional, and change sometimes has to come from individuals that will look at something a whole new way, and that's what's been going on with the pop-up house idea. And what it involves is using, harnessing the technology that exists today with computing to design individual homes that can be built in a factory design and then hooked together on site. Homes are able to be built in roughly two months at roughly a 30% lower cost than what a home would be site built. The homes are far more energy efficient and many times Pop-up homes come with solar 
as part of the delivery of the product incorporated into the house, and because the homes are built so tight, so energy efficient, which you can do in a factory, but is very difficult to do on site, you need a very small set of solar panels to provide virtually all the power needed by a house. And the downside with these is people's built-in bias that any home or components of homes built in a factory would have to somehow be bad. People immediately throw out snide remarks about trailers. Well, let me tell you, these houses look incredibly individual and come in all shapes and sizes and are so much better constructed than homes are site-built that it's not even close. And so when we think about making homes more affordable for young people in the United States, this is one of the things we should be looking at. And it's been an obsession of mine for the last 20 years that we start using modern methods of construction And we do it with uh, commercial structures now routinely, but we still have not gotten there with residential. And I think the proof would be if a builder had the guts to build homes pop-up style and they were able to put a much better price on them and still make their margin, still make their profit, people would buy them. And it would start a whole new way of thinking of starter homes in the United States. Tobias is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tobias. Oh, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call, Clark. My pleasure. Glad you're here. And this may be an unusual question, but uh, I've been looking for a used car, a particular make and model that has, in the past, fits my needs, been reliable and durable. And I found one in another state. It's about a 1,000 miles away, though. I'm willing to go and get it. It's from a dealer. I've done a little bit of research with Better Business and so forth. It looks like the dealer's reliable, and he's posted lots of pictures on the car online. But before I go all the way down there to pick it up, I'd like to have it checked out. And I'm just wondering if you have any advice as to how to find a reliable service that might do that for me. That is a business that has grown quite large because of eBay Motors, where so many people buy a car across the country as a result of eBay Motors that Uh there's now these cottage industries that have sprung up doing inspections for people that are considering buying a vehicle on eBay Motors. And there's no reason, since you're buying from a dealer having nothing to do with eBay, you couldn't go on eBay Motors' site and find one of these diagnostic mechanics to check out the vehicle for you before you'd go across the country to pick it up. Uh So go on to eBay Motors... Yeah, and, and on eBay Motors, you'll be able to find people who do specifically the inspections. Great. Now, one thing, when you're going to buy, I don't want to create paranoia in you, but I want to tell you that we have had the problem in the past where someone will buy a car across the country or many hundreds of miles away, and when they get there to take delivery, suddenly the price changes. Uh-huh. So you want in writing from the dealer 
what generally in the car trade is called drive-out, which is every last fee they can dream up, what is the actual real price of the vehicle, including if they have, uh, have you heard of this rip-off fee called a dock fee? Yes. So someone may at a dealership may advertise a car for sale at a price, and then you get there and they'll say, oh, plus $899 dock fee or mm-hmm. $499 dock fee. And you know what a dock fee is? Is it for documents? It's just a junk fee. Okay. It's just a made-up charge to deal with the fact that so many people are shopping for vehicles on the Internet. Uh-huh. But having it checked out is much easier than it used to be. Okay. So I hope it does check out and you get the car you want at a great deal. Neil's with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you, Neil? I'm excellent. How are you doing, Clark? Great, thank you. Neil, how can I be of service? Yeah, so my wife has an old 403B from a former employer, and we're working on paying off some debt right now. And so I'm trying to just weigh all the different options that I've heard and from other people about what to do with it. Right now, it's in one of those investment houses that's pretty much your, your girlfriend. And so I'm just trying to consider, do I take that and do a direct transfer rollover into an IRA uh, with that same company, the big investment house? Or do I go, I guess, the lazy route and pay a financial advisor Basically, they're asking for 5% up front of the money and then half a percent over the years after that to actually manage the money and invest it for us. I'm just trying to figure out what to do. Hear your money blowing up right before your eyes? Yep. So the choice you gave me is behind door one, or door A. How did they used to do that on that show? You can fee-free move your money and have it with a low-cost provider. Or behind door number two, you can pay a huge upfront fee and much higher fees over time. Right. Yeah, definitely door number one. Okay. So I would stick with the low-cost provider you're already with. Which of my girlfriends is the money with? It's Vanguard. Oh. Well, I mean, gosh. So if you have money with Vanguard, but if you feel like you're not sure how to handle your money, Vanguard charges an extremely low fee that's less than a third of 1% to advise you on the money. So you're talking about somebody wants to charge you 5%, so it's one-fifteenth the cost for Vanguard to advise. Wow, okay. And they are are just such a great company. And it's a co-op. You know, if you have an account with them, you own the place. So they're only right. working for you. Now, See, I just didn't, I didn't also understand, you know, the other option because it's only two thousand dollars, and so my wife is staying at home right now with our infant son. He's seven months old, uh, so I'm I'm the only one that's working. And so the other thought, since we're trying to pay off debt, is I know that if I pull it out and have a check cut to us, that we're going to be hit with fees. So I guess it was like ten percent withholding and then a twenty percent tax rate or whatever. No, actually, you pay a ten percent penalty plus your tax rate. So depending on your tax rate, 25, so you pay 35% plus if you live in a state with a state income tax, you pay on top of that. So it's it's pretty expensive to use retirement money to extinguish debt. It would have to be carrying a very high interest rate that you would be forever from being able to wipe out just by paying it. So that's why the penalty is so ugly 
on taking money from a 401k or taking money from a 403b and yeah. spending it to pay down debt. And people do it quite often. So my choice would be take your time to pay off the debt. Don't create the tax burden. Bridget's with us, and Bridget, you want to go to Las Vegas. Yes, Vegas, baby. (laughs) How about that? I was on a flight that uh, went to Los Angeles and then went on to Vegas, and the people that were on the flight that were continuing on to Vegas seemed a lot more fun than those of us that were just going to Los Angeles. (laughs) I'm sure. Quite the party place. Yes. So uh, how can I help with going to Vegas? Oh, I need some advice. Um, I'm going to be flying there in June. And um, I took your advice and I waited for until uh, we were about, you know, 57. I think you said I, I did 60 days out and I've been watching the prices every day and they don't seem to be changing. So I don't know what to do. I don't know if I give it another week and see if they go down. Where do you live? Go ahead and bite the bullet and pay it. Bridget, where do you live? Uh, in Central Florida. So you've been checking fares out of Orlando? Oh, I've been checking Tampa, Orlando, All right, I was going to tell you that definitely you want to at least check Tampa, Orlando, and maybe Sanford Field, too. Okay. And see if there are any deals. And it would be worth you being nervous a while longer and okay. wait for a deal. Are you registered for the email notifications from Southwest Airlines? Oh, yes. I get Southwest. I registered on the other sites, too, all the uh, g- the general ones that have multiple airlines. So for the are you getting carriers. a fare alert from, like, yep, um, on all of those. <laughs> Airfare Watchdog? Mm-hmm. All right. So you're doing the right things. Just give it a little more time. How flexible are you on your dates in June? Are you absolutely? Um, I, I did actually try switching the date. Uh, we're we're going from Thursday through Monday is the the group's trip. But I did look at going um, Wednesday. Wednesday, then, you got a big shot of it being cheaper, especially when a sale comes along. Okay. And why not stretch your trip, go Wednesday to Tuesday? Cause yeah, Tuesday, that, that would be really good. <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday are the two cheapest days of the week to fly. Okay. Um. And especially with Las Vegas, you go Thursday or Friday, you come back Sunday or Monday, you're going to pay top dollar. Yeah, I thought since we were leaving a day early and coming back a day later than most people, I thought we'd have an advantage, but apparently everyone has that same thought. You got to hit midweek, particularly when you're coming from the eastern half of the country, you got to hit midweek both ways to get a real deal. So stretch that trip, have more fun, but don't lose money. You know, you got a question for me, you can post it to an Ask Clark on Clark.com, and then we take them right here on the air. And Joel, who's the first Ask Clark you got? Clark Bryan wrote, and he said, I don't have a lot of money, but I've been seeing a lot of ads for silver coins. Do you think it's worth investing around 2000 bucks in silver at this time? No. Silver has been very volatile going back over the last 40 years. Silver has been very volatile, up, down, up, down. And it's something that If you own commodities, you own precious metals, it should be a small part of what you have, no more than 5 to 10% of your overall assets. And I don't like owning the coins themselves because the cost buying in and the cost selling, I'd rather you own their equivalent that I explain at Clark.com. Clark Mitchell wrote and he said, I'm considering flying my family of four to Las Vegas on Spirit Airlines this summer. What info can you tell me about Spirit? Spirit is a unique product in the marketplace, and they realize they have a problem with people, which is why if you go to spiritair.com, you can see the videos that walk you through how to fly Spirit and what gotcha fees there will be. 
if you know what you're going to get and you get a really extremely good airfare on Spirit, you understand the system, you'll be fine with Spirit. I've found at the gates doing TV work that people who understand how Spirit operates love it. I mean, they're just fine with it. Most people who fly them have no idea that you got to pay for water and you got to pay for a carry-on bag, not just a check bag. And there's fees on top of fees that you have to be prepared for. So as long as you know the drill and what everything else is going to cost you, fly Spirit. Jesus wrote in and he said, I was thinking of going with a major roadside assistance company. Is it worth it to get roadside assistance? So were they specifically naming AAA? Yeah. Okay. So AAA is something I've been a member of since 19-something. Let's see. I'll look on my card. 1978, long ago. So obviously, I have enjoyed doing it. I do it for the travel discounts, not for the towing. They have strict caps on how many times you can be towed. So it's not an unlimited value joining them, but I found it worth it to be in. Clark, Robert wants to know, should I be investing for retirement in a Roth or a traditional IRA? Age matters a lot and tax bracket matters a lot. The younger you are, the more you would want to do a Roth IRA. You're under age 40, absolutely you want to do a Roth IRA where you take after-tax dollars, put them in the Roth, let the money grow through the years, and then in retirement, you spend that money tax-free. You're past 40, that would start to put you more and more thinking in terms of a traditional IRA. If you make big bucks north of a quarter million dollars a year, you would want to do a traditional IRA rather than a Roth. The folks at Podcast One want to say thank you for listening to this show. We also would like to ask a small favor of you. It'll take you less than 10 minutes, and if you're one of the first people who does it, we'll even give you something for doing it. We want you to complete a short survey for us because we need the information you give us to help make things better every day. Just go to podcastone.study and everything will be right there for you. That's podcastone.study. The first 250 people that go and complete the survey will get a $25 gift card to restaurant.com. And there's a chance to win an additional $250 Visa gift card. All of our shows are supported by advertisers, and filling out this survey will really help us out. So please, go to podcastone.study. And thank you. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our website. ClarkDeals.com, that's where you find the bargains. So, I promised a half hour ago, I was going to tell you a way we can improve our schools, improve our kids' performance in schools, and make our kids happier with a change that would cost us nothing. Do you know what that is? Have schools start later in the day, particularly for high schoolers. We are being terrible to our kids collectively by having schools start so very early because the sleep cycle, especially of teenagers, is such that they don't get sleepy till later than we do 
and then we shorten their sleep by having them get up early. But don't take my word for it. There's a study reported on the American Academy of Sleep Medicine by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine that says that we are putting our teenagers at risk. Higher car accident rates, higher rates of depression, and reduced academic performance because of lack of sleep. I've seen that with my now adult daughter when she was a teenager that her sleep cycle was too short. With my now teenage daughter, her sleep cycle's too short. And it's just part of the deal that school should start later. My daughter's school is adjusting its schedule starting this fall, and the high schoolers are going to start later. All I can say is it's about time. Because the evidence is as clear as could be and is not gray. And this is not new news. That teens will do much better and be happier if they get more rest. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, has found that high schoolers overwhelmingly are sleep deficient. So what are we doing here? We spend a zillion dollars on our schools. And then we set up our kids to underachieve and put their safety at risk and put their mental well-being at risk. Let's fix this. And here's a dirty little secret. The reason a lot of schools start, high schools start when they do, is for the convenience of the parents who are trying to get to work. And that's a fact. That's why the schools start when they do. But let's do what's right here and get our kids more sleep. They'll be happier, they'll perform better, and they'll be safer behind the wheel of a car. Alicia's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Alicia. Hey, how are you? Great, thank you, Alicia. How can I serve you? Um, Well, I had a a question about the housing market. Um, I am doing a combination of things. I'm building up my credit because I didn't have enough, so I'm I'm doing that uh, slowly. But in the meantime, I'd like to at least try to move towards home ownership, and I was just curious on your thoughts as to either renting a home versus rent-to-own. Rent-to-own was very, very popular during the years that people could not easily get a mortgage. Things have improved in the mortgage market. But for you, if you're in a position where you need that time for your credit to heal more and then potentially go forward with buying the home, it's absolutely a great idea. Do you know the downside, though, of doing a rent-to-own? Uh, yeah, my, I've done some research, and I know if you don't, you know, you're putting all of this money into a home, and you know, two or three years later, if you don't, if you don't like it, you're you're out that much money. That's exactly right. You pay above market rent with part of the money going to down payment. Have you identified a property you're interested in, or is it just the idea at this point? Well, I've I've gone to several different websites, and that was my next 
a piggyback question. Some were legit, some were not so much because these sites are outdated. They don't have good information. And if you go longer than a week, then you're paying $50 a month, which I'm not doing. And so finding it, I do have a mortgage broker who looks for me. But again, people are not willing to do the lease to own or rent to own. They're they're looking to buy outright or they want to to rent out forever. Right. So it's it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, it's not, that's, you know, that's why I prefaced with, it's not a big market right now. So you almost have to be lucky to find somebody who's interested in doing a rent-to-own to to you. I would say instead of, this is a case, instead of trying a website, anything like that, uh, the mortgage broker, that's a good idea. A real estate agent in the area who specializes in the area you'd like to live, is probably your best ally in finding the opportunity. Yeah, and and I have I do have one of those too. I just trust me. I've, I've lined up my soldiers <laughs> out there looking. Um, it's just she said it's just a matter of timing. So you know we look for people who have been on the market for a long time that they might be willing to um, to reconsider. I just don't want to. To keep hopping from place to place, we want to settle. You know, we're we're tired of the apartment. Um, sure. We don't want to maybe rent, and then the person doesn't want to sell, or he wants to you know sell it to someone else. So we we want to find somewhere and stay. All right. Well, let's talk about your credit. How rough is it? I you know I've made some mistakes in the past. I was a single mom, so sometimes you have to rob Peter to pay Paul, and. You know, after a few years, that bites you. So um, I've got, I've enlisted a company to help me repair that. Um, But again, what really hurt me was the lack of credit. And so I'm trying to work on that too. But obviously that doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, I started the process about six, nine months ago. And, um, you know, I've I've been sharing some cards. My mother-in-law put me on some of her cards to help me build up my credit. So... Um, but again, it's a process. So, How many you know, items do you have on your credit that were charged off? Maybe two. Okay. And how old are those? They would be, I know one is about seven to ten years ago. Well, it can't be um, on your credit anymore. Well, it is. And they, they they actually garnished my wages, so I had to call them back. and, and They can and only garnish your time. wages if they got a judgment against you. Well, they said they. Uh, this is apparently they said they filed a judgment seven years ago. So, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I don't. They can't know, file a judgment against you unless they sued you and went to court. Oh, I, that I know. Have I never happened? went to court. No, I never went to court. All right, I'm I'm uh, I'm concerned about the layers that are involved here because as long as a judgment is sitting there and it is not satisfied, that's going to make this tough for you. Yeah. So I I think that as much as you want permanence and you'd like a place to live, I would put 100% of your focus right now on dealing with the issues from the past, get those two things taken care of, and then maybe you're going to be in a position to qualify for a mortgage from the get-go and you make getting a home a whole lot easier. The FHA home loans become much more favorable to you being able to uh, borrow even with not the greatest credit score. Ralph is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ralph. Hi, sir. How are you? Great. Thank you, Ralph. How can I be of service to you? Yes. So my wife has just started a uh, new job, and they offer a 403B. 
Neither of us are familiar with 403Bs as we both dealt with 401Ks in the past, just investing in mutual funds. But the current company apps is a 403B, and it looks like they only allow tax-deferred contributions to variable annuities, which we do not know much about. But after two years, the company will offer a match of 6%. And right now, we're both contributing the maximum to Roth IRAs. And just doing some research, we've seen that some people don't recommend variable annuities and maybe do mutual funds instead. Yeah, variable annuities tend to have very, 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 very high costs. And 403Bs are a gift that the Congress gave to people who work for charities, hospitals, nonprofits. Do you work for one of those kind? She worked for one of those kind of places? Uh, Yes. So... For whatever reason, in the wisdom of the Congress, people who work for nonprofits were given inferior retirement plans to people who work for for-profit businesses. The 403Bs, by their nature, are inferior. Now, I will tell you, though, there is one provider of 403B plans that if your wife has access to them, they are absolute top-drawer gold standard. And it's a company most people haven't heard of called Tia Cref, T-I-A-A-C-R-E-F. Okay. Is that a choice that your wife has available to her that you're aware of? Yes, that's who administers the 403B. Oh, now I can breathe. <laughs> if, it, <laughs> if it's Tia Cref, you're fine to do it. She's fine to go all in. Okay. Tia Cref uh, is, they are in a league of their own. They're kind of for 403Bs. They're the nonprofit world's equivalent of Vanguard for traditional investing. Okay. The, the other question was, is I'm not seeing any Roth options. Are there, are there usually Roth options available? There can be, but normally not for 403Bs. Okay. So what and I would suggest is that she definitely wants to contribute to pick up that match that starts in two years and continue to do the Roth that each of you are doing, and she will be rewarded well over time by being in the ultra-low-cost 403B provider, Tia Kreff. And again, nobody in the 403B business is anywhere close to the caliber, quality, and cost of Tia Kreff. Denise is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Here's my situation. I live in uh, Northern California. Our house is paid for. It has been for about 20 years. In five to seven years, we're going to retire up to either south of Portland or south of Seattle. We're still scoping that out. But we want to buy a second home now and start paying on it. We just don't know if we should refinance our current paid-off home here in California or get a brand-new loan up there. We just don't know what's the best way to go. Usually, you'll get a better deal on interest rate if you pay for the second home with a mortgage placed on your first home. Okay. It's not always true, but you will usually get maybe a half point lower rate if you do the refi on your existing. Now, there are lenders that are very antsy about doing the cash out refi that you would then use the proceeds to buy the other home. But let me ask you some questions. So you've owned this home free and clear for two decades. Yep. How much do you guess it's worth? 
Well, because we're in a very tiny town like Mayberry, kind of the Mayberry of California. <laughs> Urban. I mean, it's agriculture and small. I'm saying it's probably worth about $200,000. And that's like a big step up from when we bought it. <laughs> so... How much, you know, in Los Angeles, that might buy you a parking space in some of the fancy uh, condos. No, I think it would buy me the line on the parking space, don't you think? <laughs> that could be true. So where you want to move near Portland or Seattle, how much are you thinking you're going to have to pay for that property? We're looking at actual small towns that are near those major hubs. We need to be near a major airport so we can see family. So we're looking for another small-town situation, and the prices, I think we can get something for about the same. So you're going to have to finance it. With, how much down payment money do you have? I should have asked you that. Uh, 30%. Oh, 30%. Mm-hmm. So you can do it either way. So what I would do is I would approach, once you identify where you're going to live, approach lenders and say, okay, here's the deal. We got one home we live in, we own free and clear. We're buying this one. What interest rate can we get either doing the refi on our existing or taking out a second a loan on the second home? And you'll just have to let the numbers drive that deal. Okay. And as far as tax consequences of any kind, I'm just not up on that. I have no tax consequences. None? None. The only tax oh. consequence you should be aware of is what is the income tax in the state of Washington? I think it's like nothing, right? That is correct. (laughs) Oregon, on the other hand, has a pretty significant state income tax. So if you find a place you love in each state, well, you could do your shopping in Oregon paying no sales tax, but live in Washington State and pay no income tax. That's the ultimate greatest money-saving plan I know. Follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Our web address, Clark.com. When you got a question for me, go Clark.com slash ask. Donna Lynn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Donna Lynn, how are you? I'm doing great today, Clark. And you? Great, thank you. You have a question for me about something that has been a conversation in my family. What are you interested in doing? Well, sometimes I work with small groups of people to coordinate events or whatever, and there are times when we need to try to do a conference call instead of trying to meet in person. So I'm trying to find a free conference call service that doesn't have hidden fees, and I just wasn't sure if you had done any. Yeah, I've made fun of myself about this before, which I'll tell you about. (laughs) So Uber Conference is one that's, uh, pretty successful as a free conference service and another one called free conference call they're both dot coms and okay. a lot of the free conference services in fact i guess all of them work on what's known as a freemium business model kind of like apps you'd load on your phone that have right. a free version and a paid one and so if you're doing a pretty no frills conference call doing free ones among people it's really easy. Uber conference? And free conference call are two of them okay. that I'm familiar with, both dot-coms. But there are many, many of these, these free services. And the one that I have been using cuts off your call after 30 minutes, unless you're on a paid version. 
are you aware if there are any restrictions on either Uber Conference or FreeConferenceCall.com, meaning the number of people who can dial into the call? Well, we use one of these regularly for stuff for the show, and the way they work is they go in tiers where you either pay a no fee, a lower monthly fee, or a higher monthly fee, depending on how much in capabilities you want. So it, how many people do you usually have on a conference call? Oh, I would say six to eight. You're almost certainly going to be okay with the free ones. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. I'm John Horn. I'm the host of Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. I'm here with our very first guest, Rain Wilson. Hi, John. It looks like I'm the first guest on the Geffen Unclothed. Unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, let's go with that. A marriage made in heaven, I guess. Or Westwood. Tune in for some of our exciting upcoming guests. David Copperfield, Neil LaBute, Neil Patrick Harris, Josh Gad, Rita Wilson, and many more. Be sure to download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app and on iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. And, and I'm Rain Wilson, the first guest. You are no, the very first guest. This was a huge uh, mistake. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Huge mistake. This podcast is brought to you by Braintree. Having an up-to-date payment system is one of those things, like a rattle in your engine, that you might just let slide to the bottom of the to-do list. You know, everything's working now, so you'll get to it when you get to it. But that's not necessarily a practical strategy. Leave it too long, and you could be stranded on the side of the highway. And when we're talking about getting paid, you don't want to get stranded. It might not be a bad time to check in with Braintree and keep your business humming. Braintree. Rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com Forbes. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbour of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd, I'd never really come across them in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, they never seemed to speak back to you. It was just like kept themselves to themselves and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.